This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Bob Murray has resigned as the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks and is going to enter an alcohol abuse program. Ducks owners Henry and Susan Samueli released a statement this afternoon. They say, first and foremost, we apologize on behalf of the organization to anyone affected by misconduct from Bob. We expect every member of our organization to be treated with respect and will not stand for abuse of any kind. They went on to say Bob tendered his resignation this morning while also informing us of his decision to enter an alcohol abuse program. While we do not condone his conduct, we fully support his efforts to improve his physical and mental health by asking for help. Of course, this first broke yesterday that the uh, Ducks were placing him on leave to uh, look into some uh, allegations that were made. And uh, it turns out the NHL hotline was uh, used for this for uh, concerns about Bob Murray's behavior. So he resigns as the general manager of the Ducks and he is going into an alcohol abuse program. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Elks Radio 630 Chet starting tomorrow, three consecutive, actually more than that, four consecutive game days because we're going to have the Oilers tomorrow, the Oilers on Friday, the Elks in Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Saturday, and then the Elks or the uh, Oilers continuing their road trip in St. Louis on Sunday, and we will talk about both those teams as we go along tonight. I got to tell you this, uh, first of all, I went back to school today, and no, I am not starring in a reboot of the Rodney Dangerfield film. Though, let's face it, I don't get a lot of respect. I went to Nate today where I took radio and television in 98 and 99. And I was sure to point out to the students there, 1998 and 99, not 1898 and 99. But uh, it was really cool to be back there. Thanks to the instructor, Dave Sawchuk for facilitating everything. Basically, there were some students from uh, all all three semesters of, of students at Nate who were interested in sports broadcasting, who came on their own time. Uh, Tyler Uremchuk was there, Britt Prendergast was there, and we uh, talked a little bit about our careers and got to answer some questions and all that kind of fun stuff. So that was, uh, it was really cool. I have been back to Nate since I graduated, but uh, not often. I kind of sort of knew my way around. I was able to get in and out of the building, which is the main thing. I had to get led everywhere else. But that was really cool. Awesome experience today. And uh, it was great to talk to the uh, next generation of broadcasters who have a lot of passion and uh, things have changed with what they're being taught. I, I think they're doing many more things digitally than when I went to Nate. I, I was using tapes. I was using actual tapes. I, I think everything is digital for them now. And I think they're a lot more in tune, perhaps concerned with uh, having a presence on social media. As, as I've mentioned numerous times, if you follow me on Twitter, my account ain't nothing exciting, folks. It's what you need to know about what's coming up on the show. 
and your Oilers and Elks news. I don't do too much else, but I, I think it's different for the younger generation of human beings. So that was awesome to be back at Nate today. You, of course, can get in touch. 780-496-0063 is the number to text or call. The hotline is presented by Certainty Professional Grade Building Materials. That Twitter account I was talking about, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email me anytime you like, inside sports at 630chet.com. Kellen, you're also a Nate graduate, are you not? I am. Uh, 2008 is my vintage. Now, uh, when, you were, when you were doing stuff for, for the television side, were you shooting on actual tapes or was it already on the digital? Are they called digit cards? Is that, is that what they're called? The hard drive stuff? Digital mem- memory cards, digi cards, yeah, they're all about the same thing. No, I was actually on, still on, uh, like, uh, digital tape. So it was tape, but it was, you know, digital crossover stuff. So we were, I was right on the cusp of the, of the, uh, the conversion, I guess. On the cusp, Kellen Kennedy, on the, on the cutting edge, as always. Okay. All right, so the Oilers practice today in Boston. They will play there tomorrow. That one's on Chet, of course, 3.30 for the face-off show game at 5. Quick injury update here uh, from Coach Tippett on Cassian and Smith. Day-to-day with a lower body. Didn't skate today, but uh, got some treatments, and we'll see where he is tomorrow. Uh, is Mike Smith closer to returning, to your knowledge? He had a good practice today, but, uh, again, I haven't talked to the trainer since practice, so we'll see uh, see where he gets through the next couple of days. But it's a good sign that he's been on two days in a row and uh, practicing with the group. Okay, so more information on Cassian tomorrow and Mike Smith I mean, what have we been hearing almost ever since he got hurt? That he's close. He's been out a little over three weeks now. He's on the road trip. I, I mentioned last night, talking with Bob on the face-off show, maybe we see three different goalies in the first three different games of the road trip. Could it be Skinner last night, Koskinen tomorrow, Smith on Friday? Uh, you know, maybe, but we keep getting that from Tippett on Smith. Well, he seems to be close, seems to be making some progress, but he's not quite there yet. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Hopefully Cassian is okay. Look, here, here's the, the challenge, and every team goes through it. It's injuries, and I know these aren't the Oilers' top five or six leading scorers, but two important players when it comes to how the lines are shaped. And I would call them two of the Oilers' top 10 forwards because Cassian's been on the third line. He actually got promoted to the second line yesterday and only got a couple of shifts in there before he got hurt. And then you have Devin Shore, who's been primarily the fourth-line center. He did get promoted to uh, third-line center for about a game. So here's something they're going to have to deal with. I mean, Ryan McLeod is now up from the farm, did not have a great training camp. He got outplayed by some other players. Didn't play a ton last night. I thought he was... I don't know. I guess he was okay. I mean, it was a pretty poor night by the Oilers overall. They got throttled for 38 minutes until they woke up and made it an interesting third period, but they didn't have a great game overall. And then, you know, Colton Sevier might have to take on some more responsibility here. Kyle Turris likely to come back into the lineup if Cassian can't play. So it kind of jumbles things up a little bit for the Oilers, especially if they're not going to throw Yamamoto back up on the second line. Would they give Kyle Turris a shot there? Would they somehow work in Brendan Perlini to get a shot there? So just some things to consider, and we'll find out more once we get to the morning skate tomorrow. Speaking of going to Nate, I, I got a question here on Twitter from Dave Sawchuk, the instructor who welcomed us today. So I, I, you know, he, he sent me this in the, late in the afternoon. So I didn't have a ton of time to delve into this, but I, I will give you what I found out. And he was wondering if there's any correlation 
between teams that have good or excellent regular season power plays and how they do in the playoffs. He said, is there a direct correlation between teams with incredible, incredible regular season power play numbers and teams that win the Stanley cup. So I thought I'll just go back 10 years. So the two years previous to this one, the Oilers had the number one power play in the NHL and we know how that went. They only won one playoff game swept by the jets in 2021 a 3-1 qualifying round loss to Chicago in 2020. In 2019, the Tampa Bay Lightning won 62 games. They had the number one power play in the NHL. They were swept in the first round. Interesting. 2018, Pittsburgh out in the second round. 2017, Buffalo wasn't in the playoffs. 2016, Anaheim out in the first round. 2015, Washington out in the second round. 2014, Pittsburgh out in the second round. 2013, Washington out in the first round. 2012, Nashville out in the second round. So isn't that interesting? Just going back 10 years, the team with the best regular season power play has never made it past the second round. Now, that's not just to say that's going to happen to the Oilers in the spring. It just is kind of interesting that uh, it hasn't really... I mean, I was doing this, I'm thinking, well, there must have been one or two teams that won the Cup or at least made the final after having a great power play all regular season. That must have carried over and helped them in the postseason. No, not really. Not a single one was even able to win two rounds. Couldn't even win eight playoff games out of a maximum of 14 attempts. Now, again, this is not going back all the way through history. When, when we look at some of those other historic power plays, which were the Canadians of the late 70s, they won Stanley Cups. The Islanders of the late 70s and the early 80s, they won Stanley Cups. Power plays that were around 30% on either side of it, which is where the Oilers are likely to be again. Those teams won championships. So for those teams, there, there, there was a correlation, but not for the Oilers the last two years. And this year, we'll see. They went 0 for 2 on the power play last night. Could have used a goal in that uh, 4-2 loss to the Detroit Red Wings. So interesting to note there. I, I know a big discussion point, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying this is something I do not talk about a lot. Quite frankly, personally, it is not something I even really like talking about. I do talk about it when asked. I do talk about it when other uh, hosts on the station want to talk about it. And yes, obviously, I'm specifically talking about Stoff. Um, he talks, I think, way more about the penalty killing, or pardon me, about the number of penalties called and, and about how many power plays the Oilers have than I do. Because I think ultimately, if you're a good team, you don't have to rely on assistance from the officials to win games. Now, look, I'm in agreement. I, I think we're all seeing the same thing, that there are obviously fouls specifically against Connor McDavid that could be called that aren't called. And I'm not for a minute suggesting that he's the only player against whom fouls are committed that are not called. Last night, there were two blatant missed calls, two blatant missed calls in that game. One of them was committed against Connor McDavid. The other one was committed by Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry was guilty of a blatant trip in the second period. He went for a poke check, put his stick right into the Detroit player's skates. The player goes down. That should be called every time, in my opinion. But calls get missed. But I, but I am going to say this because recently, and by recently I'm saying this season, 
And I was I was told this somewhat off the record. Well, let me put it this way. I, I, I was told this not during the course of an interview. So it wasn't on tape. So I, I'm not going to reveal who said this to me. But I will tell you that it is someone who is in a position to hear things said by referees to coaches during games. So that's going to tell you right now it's either an Oilers player a member of the Oilers coaching staff or a member of the training staff who was on the bench at the time. So that narrows it down to, I guess, maybe three dozen people or so if you factor in all the players who have played this year. And here's, here's what I was told, that Dave Tippett, in the course of lobbying for more penalty calls to be made against fouls committed against Connor McDavid, has been told this by referees. Tip, we can't call everything. That's been heard, said by zebras to Dave Tippett. Tip, we can't call everything. <laughs> so I almost hate to do this because I, I, I'm always reluctant to prove Bob Stoffer's point for him, but there is some game management going on. And there is some admission here by at least a couple of NHL referees saying, yes, we know that there are penalties we could call against the guy, but he's so good and he's getting fouls committed on him so often, we can't possibly call everything and give you guys that many power plays. I just found that interesting. 7804960063. I also want to ask you a question tonight, and later on we're going to have Craig Forrest on the show, the former goalkeeper for the Canadian men's soccer team, one of the greatest Canadian soccer players of all time. He had an awesome moment here in 1994 commonwealth stadium canada played a uh, game against uh, brazil who was tuning up for the world cup against the time i mean we're I, I, at the time we're, we're gonna have massive crowds massive crowds for the games friday and tuesday against costa rica and mexico we're gonna have around 50,000 for both games edmontonians are coming out i'm sure people are coming from across the country now we all know soccer is far from the number one sport in canada if spectator wise i would say especially in in this city it's you know there have been failed teams we've had fc edmonton plugging away for several years i admire everything uh that that the team has done that the fasts have done to keep it going but i mean it's a lower level of soccer and they don't get tons of fans so i and you can tell me by calling or texting or tweeting me are you going to one of the two games? Have you attended a Canadian national soccer game before, specifically a men's game? And what prompted you to go? Is, is it Davies mania? Is it, is it uh, just Canada having a good team? Is it just the fact that it's a big international event and you want to go? I'm, I'm really curious to know. 780-496-0063. Jack Michaels is also coming up. We're off and running inside sports on 630 Chet. Kings in action tonight. They're taking on the Prince Albert Raiders. Jake Neighbors, by the way, coming back to the Edmonton Oil Kings from the St. Louis Blues. And uh, no score yet. Where are we? About uh, eight minutes into the first period between the Oil Kings and the Raiders. We'll keep you updated on that one. In the NHL, three games. Only one of them is underway. Maple Leafs and Flyers scoreless 
at the start of the second period. The Big L says, uh, hey, Reed, tip, we can't call everything. Funny how they can call a slight tap to the hands or a face-off violation, but they don't call the most dynamic player in the league taken down when he's driving the net. Guess it's all about penalty priorities. And I really like this text here from Les. Les says, Hi, Reed. I guess I'd make the point that if the Zebras called more, eventually they'd have to call less. Or sorry, that's from old Roadhog. Less, less showed up like a name. It's from old Roadhog. He says, I, I guess I'd make the point that if the Zebras called more, eventually they'd have to call less. Isn't that what it's all about? Call infractions so players are discouraged from doing that in the future. And again, a lot of times I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to talk about officiating because I, I don't want to seem like I'm whining because I probably sound like I'm doing that enough when I join you every night. But the way the rules are enforced and the way the rules are, are written affect how the game is called, which affects how it's played, which affects how you as fans are entertained. And that's ultimately what it's all about. We've talked a lot on this show and Stoffers talked about, about how the NFL said, we got to open things up. We can't have 17-7 games. We, we need things exciting down to the finish. We want 35-30 or whatever. So it, it, it does make a difference. And it, I do find it really interesting that a referee, at least one referee, uh, said that to Dave Tippett. Got some good texts about going to the soccer game on either Friday or Tuesday. We'll touch on those. And don't forget, Craig Forrest is ahead on Inside Sports. My buddy Jack next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.